This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another amazing episode of the Stephen Jarvis and Friends podcast. We are part of the Deluxe Edition Network, which if you go over to the Deluxe Edition Network, not only will you find the May podcast of the month, which are Horsing Around and The Real Drunks, but you'll find uh, other amazing podcasts on the network as well. Go check them all out. You won't be disappointed in the content that's on there. There are many different genres on the network. And they truly love the amazing love and support that you, our fans, and our loyal supporters, listeners, give us all the time. So please go check them out. Also, if you're new to the podcast, please go to anywhere where you listen to podcasts, whether it be YouTube or Spotify, Apple Pod, Amazon Music. And could you please follow us? On YouTube, you can follow us by subscribing, liking, commenting, and hitting that notification bell. And it's all free, meaning you don't have to pay a single dollar unless you want to support the show, which you can do that by going on Buzzsprout or anywhere you listen to podcasts and click the support button. It only costs you three bucks a month. And if you don't want to, you don't have to. You can support us easily by just listening to us. Thank you so very much for being here last on tuesday we had our 100th episode on the podcast it was very amazing very happy to do it thank you for giving me the opportunity to come into your house and tell you amazing things about what i think is awesome and cool and share amazing awesome things with you also your discretion is wise because sometimes i do like to swear a little bit i'm sorry i'm working on it um But let's get into it. Today, we're talking about the life and career of Joe Cap. Joe Cap played for the University of California at Berkeley's California Golden Bears in college as a quarterback. He played professionally in the CFL with the Calgary Stampeders and the BC Lions. And then he went to the NFL Football League. And played with the Minnesota Vikings and the Boston Patriots. He would later return to his alma mater as head coach of the Golden Bears from 1982 to 1986. He was also the general manager and president of the BC Lions in 1990. He's a member of the Canadian Football Hall of Fame, the BC Sports Hall of Fame, the BC Lions Wall of Fame, the College Football Hall of Fame, the University of California Athletic Hall of Fame, and his number 22 jersey is one of eight numbers retired by the Lions. In November 2006, Cap was voted to the honor roll of the CFL's top 50 players of the league's modern era by Canadian Sports Network, TSN. Sports Illustrated once called him the toughest Chicano. Cap is the only player to play quarterback in the Super Bowl, Rose Bowl, and the Grey Cup. He was born in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Cap's mother 
was of Mexican-American heritage. His father was German of German descent. He was raised in California in the San Fernando Valley and Salinas, where he played quarterback for Hart High School in Newhall, now a part of Santa Clarita. Cap played college at college football at the University of California, Berkeley, where he led the California Golden Bears to a Pacific Coast Conference Championship in 1958 and the Rose Bowl, where they lost to Iowa. This remains California's most recent Rose Bowl appearance. Cap was named an All-American and was also awarded the W.J. Volt Memorial Trophy in 1958 as the outstanding football player on the Pacific Coast, a two-sport athlete and fraternity member of Kappa Alpha Order in college. He also played on the basketball team and was a member of the 1956, 19 through 57, and 57 through 58 squads that won the Pacific Coast Conference Championships. He earned a bachelor's degree in physical education from the university in 1959 until 2021 cap held the uc berkeley record for most rushing yards by quarterback this was broken by chase garbers his professional career in the canadian football league cap was selected in the 18th round in the 1959 nfl draft by the washington redskins who owned his rights to play professional football in the united states after the draft washington did not contact him so his only choice was to accept the offer from jim finks the general manager of the calgary stampeders of the canadian football league cap joined the stampeders of the cfl for his rookie season in 1959 the following year cap led Calgary to their first playoff appearance in years. The season was a difficult one because he injured his knee against the Toronto Argonauts early in the season but did not miss any games because he played heavily taped. In 1961, the BC Lions, then the CFL's newest franchise, traded four starting players to the Calgary Stampeders for Joe Cap. The move paid off for the Lions when Cap led them to a Grey Cup appearance in 1963. The following season, Cap then led the Lions to their first Grey Cup victory in 1964. However, the Lions proved unable to defend their championship in 65. By that time, Cap had proven he was an elite quarterback and also developed the reputation of being a tough player and a great leader. While most quarterbacks disliked being hit, Cap was the opposite. He loved to hit, and when he took off on a run, he tried to run over defenders. Before the 1967 CFL season, Cap made the decision to return to the U.S. to play football. The AFL's Oakland Raiders, San Diego Chargers, and Houston Oilers were heavily pursuing him. Cap ended up signing with the Minnesota, NFL's Minnesota Vikings in a multiplayer trade between the CFL and NFL teams, one of the very few transactions to ever occur between the two leagues. The Minnesota Vikings in 1965 had drafted running back Jim Young out of Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. He had spent the 65 and 66 seasons with the Vikings, but wanted to return to Canada. The BC Lions were very interested in acquiring Young, but the Toronto Argonauts had his CFL rights. The Minnesota Vikings general manager was Jim Finks, who had brought Cap to Canada in 1959, and their head coach was Bud Grant, who had faced Cap while coaching the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Both Finks and Grant thought Joe Cap would be the best replacement for Fran Tarkington, who had been traded to the New York Giants. To make this transaction possible, the BC Lions traded all-star defensive lineman Dick Fouts and future Canadian Football Hall of Fame running back Bill Simons to Toronto for the CFL running rights to future Canadian Football Hall of Fame wide receiver Jim Young. They then managed to get Cap waived out of the CFL. 
The Vikings managed to wave Jim Young out of the NFL, which allowed the BC Lions to sign him. The expanding New Orleans Saints wanted Young, and it took some work from Finks to keep them from claiming Young. Cap, now waived from the CFL, was free to sign with the Vikings, who had previously claimed his NFL playing rights from Washington. National Football League. In 1967, Cap's first season in the NFL, he started 11 of 14 games for the Vikings, compiling an unusual record of three wins, five losses, and three ties. Cap completed only 47% of his pass attempts with eight touchdowns and 17 interceptions. Cap also scored two rushing touchdowns. Of note, the team was winless without Cap starting at quarterback. The Green Bay Packers would later win the division and the Super Bowl in 1967. In 1968, Cap led Minnesota to their first ever playoff appearance, losing to the favorite Baltimore Colts 24-14. The Colts were upset a few weeks later by the New York Jets in Super Bowl III. Early in the 1969 season, Cap tied an all-time record when he threw for seven touchdown passes against the defending NFL champion Colts on September 28th. He is tied with seven other players, Sid Luckman and Adrian Burke, George Blanda, Y.A. Tittle, Nick Foles, Pate Manning, and Drew Brees. Cap led the Vikings to a 12-2 record and a berth in Super Bowl IV after defeating the Los Angeles Rams 23-20 in the Western Conference Championship game and the Cleveland Browns 27-7 in the last non-Super Bowl NFL championship game. However, he was unable to lead the team to victory in the Super Bowl as the Vikings lost 23-7 to the Kansas City Chiefs. On July 20, 1970, Sports Illustrated dubbed Cap the toughest Chicano on the cover of its weekly magazine. He received the team MVP but refused the team MVP saying, award saying, there's no mo- one most valuable Viking. There are 40 most valuable Vikings. Prior to the 1969 season, the Vikings had exercised the option clause of his contract, so Cap had played the entire season without a new contract. It was unusual for teams to use the team's option and not to offer a new contract prior to to a season. This dispute made him a free agent for the 1970 season by the NFL's own rules. Despite Cap being a Super Bowl quarterback, no team in the NFL made contact with him until after the start of the 1970 regular season when the Boston Patriots 1-1 signed him on October 2nd to a four-year contract, making him the highest played player in the league. The Patriots gave up defensive back John Charles and a 1972 first-round draft pick, which was used to select linebacker Jeff Simeon as compensation to the Vikings. His first appearance for Boston was on October 11th at Kansas City, relieving starter Mike Talaferro in the third quarter of a 23-10 loss. The Patriots in 1970 were a poor-performing team, and the late-arriving cap played poorly himself that season, leading the team to a 26-team league's worst record at 2-12. When the year ended, Roselle demanded that Cap sign a standard player contract. After conferring with his lawyer and the NFL Players Association, Cap refused to sign. With the top pick in the 1971 NFL draft, the Patriots selected quarterback Jim Plunkett of Stanford, the winner of the Heisman Trophy. Cap reported to the newly renamed New England Patriots training camp in 1971, refused to sign a standard contract, and departed. The headlines in the Boston Papers Red Cap quits. After this incident, Cap never played again. His 12-year career as a professional football player was over. 
Kep started an antitrust lawsuit versus the NFL, claiming the standard NFL contract was unconstitutional and restraint to trade. He won the summary judgment after four years. The court had ruled that Kep's trade was indeed restrained. It was two years later, April 1st, 1976, in the trial for damages that the jury decided that Kep was not damaged. Although Kep was not awarded any damages in 1977, the rules at issue in the Kep case were later revised. A new system was instituted and a multi-million dollar settlement was made between the NFL and the NFL Players Association. Uh, Joe Kep, after his post-football playing career was done, he went on to acting. He was in TV shows as Ironside, The Six Million Dollar Man, Adam 12, Emergency, Policewoman, Captains and Kings, and The Medical Center. He also was in movies including Climb an Angry Mountain, The World's Greatest Athlete, The Longest Yard, Break Heart Pass, Two Minute Warning, Smash Up on Interstate 5, Semi-Tough, The Frisco Kid, and Offsides, Pigs vs. Freaks. He was California's, his alma mater's head football coach in 1982. He had never coached before. In December of 81, Cap made a promise to the football team that he would not consume any of his favorite alcoholic beverage tequila until the Golden Bears reached the Rose Bowl, which they did not under Cap. Indeed, as of 2022, the Golden Bears have yet to return to the Rose Bowl. They were Pac-10 co-champions in 2006, but a loss to USC sent them to holiday to the Holiday Bowl instead. In a 1994 interview, Cap stated that he had resorted to drinking rum instead. Cap had several philosophies while coaching at Cal. He called his special teams the special forces. He told his players to play 100% for 60 minutes. He also wanted the players to have fun. On Sundays, he would have his players play a game of garbaz, described as a mix of basketball and football, where the only objective is to pass the ball down the field. There are no football rules such as offsides or forward passes. In his first year as head coach in 1982, the Golden Bears improved from that 2-9 and nine the year before to 7-4, and four. and he was voted the Pac-10 Conference Coach of the Year. The 1982 season concluded with the play, the famous five-lateral kick-off return by Cal to score the winning touchdown on the final play of the big game against our rival Stanford. During the 1986 season, the Bears lost to Boston College defeated Washington State, then lost to San Jose State, following an embarrassing 50-18 loss at Washington on October 4th. Cap expressed frustration on zipping his pants in front of the Seattle media. He was notified that he would be released after the big game played in Berkeley. The Bears responded to the student section's pregame chance of win one for the zipper by beating the Gator Bowl-bound number 16 Stanford Cardinal. 17 to 11, which gave Cap a 3 and 2 record in the big game. He was carried off the field by his players amid chanting from the students' section, We want Cap, echoing a cheer from his playing days with the Boston Patriots. General manager of the BC Lions. In an effort to recapture their past glory, the BC Lions of the Canadian Football League retired Cap hired Cap as the team's new general manager in 1990. Cap's tenure was marked by his tendency to recruit ex-NFL players such as Mark Gastineau, whose best football days have passed. Cap was fired 11 games into the Lions schedule. His most valuable legacy was the signing of quarterback Doug Flutie, who would blossom into a star in the CFL during the 1990s. 
Sacramento Attack head coach. In 1992, Cap was named the head coach of the Arena Football League's Los Angeles Wings, but the franchise never came into existence in Los Angeles and moved to Sacramento as they attacked. The franchise went 4-6 and six under Cap, losing in the first round of the playoffs to the Detroit Drive. After the season, the franchise moved to Miami, Florida. Cap lived in Los Gatos, Gatos, California. I don't know how to say the other part of that. Sorry. And made himself available as a guest speaker. He had a wife and four children and four grandchildren. He was one of the owners of Caps Pizza Bar and Grill in Mount View, California, which contained memorabilia from his playing career and closed in 2015. His son, Will, followed in his footsteps as a fullback at UC Berkeley and 2015 grandson, Frank Cap, continued the Cal football tradition as a freshman tight end with the Golden Bears. Cap and fellow Canadian Football Hall of Famer player Angelo Mosca came to blows at a 2011 Canadian Football League alumni luncheon. The source of the bad blood between Cap and Mosca is a hit Mosca made on Cap's teammate Willie Fleming in the 1963 Grey Cup game. The hit which Cap and many others considered dirty forced Fleming out of the game, Mosca's Tiger Cats defeated Cap's Lions 21-10 for the 1963 championship. In February 2016, the San Jose Mercury News reported that Cap was suffering from Alzheimer's disease. He died from complications of the disease at a care facility in San Jose, California on May 8, 2023 at the age of 85. And, you know, that that was life and times of Joe Cap. But I do want to say this. Joe Cap played in an era where when he played for the Vikings, you got so-called diehard fans that are Kirk Cousins fans that only came around when Kirk Cousins was our or is our quarterback, whatever you want to call him. And they said, well, his stats suck. You people need to realize he didn't care. He did not care about stats. All he cared about was that the team won. And yes, people can say that, you know, when he played for the Vikings, they had the great purple people leaders defense Well, the offense needed that leader. And Jim Marshall was the leader for the defense. Joe Cap was the leader for the offense. And who cares what his stats looked like back then? He was a winner. He came from the CFL, where he was an elite quarterback in the CFL, came to the NFL, and kind of gave the Vikings a kick in the pants that they desperately needed. In 1969... He had a motto for the team called 40 for 60. He would later say this motto also during uh, uh, the MVP award for the team at a luncheon. And he denounced it, saying he didn't deserve the award, saying there's not one most valuable Viking. There's 40 of them. 40 for 60. Walked away. Everyone cheered for him. And then when we got to the Super Bowl four against Kansas City Chiefs, he did his damnedest to win that game. Um, he would later go out of that game with an injury. But I think a lot of the people that dismiss Joe Cap need to owe him a big apology. Because Joe Cap was an amazing athlete. You got to realize... Minnesota didn't have the face of the franchise when Joe Cap came about because Fran Tarkenton 
took his ball and went to the New York Giants, would later come back in 70, beginning of 72, I do believe, and led us to three Super Bowl appearances, which we all lost. We're 0-4. Everyone knows the Vikings history in the Super Bowls. But Joe Cap, I would be remiss to say that Joe Cap should not, or it saddens me that he's not on that upper echelon of great athletes, even though he didn't have the greatest of stats. Okay, whatever. You need to realize it was a different league back then. The defenses got away with so much more shit than they do today. And put Kirk Cousins in his shoes, Kirk Cousins would suck, kind of like he does today. But I digress. So that is it for me today. Um, I will be recording another episode today for Her Brooks. Um, and that will be on Saturday. I'll upload it on Saturday. So it'll be the Saturday's uh, um, episode because me and my wife are going to be moving within the next week or not this weekend, but next weekend. So I got to kind of help out with that. Thank you so very much. And I'll see you all later. This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. <laughs>